Uh, this is Lindsay Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast on Friday, May the 17th. On this week's episode, we're going to talk further about budget problems with the city of Little Rock, a big haul for the Arkansas Arts Center, and maybe some more. I'm joined, as usual, by Max Brantley. Afternoon. So we spent a lot of time in last week's episode talking about uh, the, the Little Rock uh, budget crisis, and uh, it didn't get fixed this week. We still have a budget crisis. We, we're, we're still fighting about it. The city it. board met, and they argued, and uh, they didn't reach a decision, and they're going to meet again next week. Do you think they'll reach a decision next week? Well, yeah. I, well, may, I don't know. Next week, they're going to have to reach a decision. I mean, they've got to approve a budget that will balance somehow, and they haven't quite done it yet. Uh, the, the problem I just got off the phone talking to Link about this with somebody, and my take after two weeks of budget fighting is Little Rock is a city in decline. That's that's the real takeaway for me, and that's not a happy thing to say. But but rather than get into all the ins and outs on this cut or that cut, is money's not coming in uh, as expected. Our population isn't growing. Uh, to meet the budget this year, we're going to have to cut some popular services in a city that's already not doing a real good job on maintaining infrastructure. And we're looking, we've made no accommodations in the discussions that have been held so far about next year. Uh, the police and fire contracts are up. Costs always rise a little bit in every single area. We've got step increases to come. The county wants more money to run the jail. Uh, the mayor has has added tremendous expenses in his department alone with new new hires and new police escort, and so whatever happens this year, we start next year with the same crisis. It seems to me, uh, the only solution in Arkansas as a rule for cities is a sales tax increase, which is not a happy prospect, and uh, I, I think at this point might be met by voters with some resistance. I'd love to see people talking about some different things, uh, talking about a city income tax, talking about a commuter tax. These are things that undoubtedly need state law changes. We should have been there at the last legislative session working on it. You know, we had figures presented at Tuesday night's board meeting by Kathy Webb from Metroplan that said 51,000 people alone come to work in Little Rock every day from Lone Oak and Saline counties, never mind Grant, Faulkner, and White. Uh, we may have 100,000 workers in this city every day who don't live here. And that means they're paying nothing for infrastructure except if they buy a burger for lunch or something. They go home and shop where they live. Uh, they don't pay any property tax here. Uh, I think, you know, as, as I said, if it's 100,000 people and you could collect $2 from each one of them every month as a city commuter charge, that produced $2.5 million, which that alone would have, balance the budget this year none of those ideas have been discussed that i know of no and that's what i mean i mean my ideas may be crazy and there may be somebody who knows why mine aren't but what we're not hearing from anybody from the mayor or the city board i spread around the blame on this is a new paradigm to borrow a cheap word yeah there's some rhetoric uh and the city mostly what you've heard from the city board is uh 
being up, they're upset over the proposed cuts, and they're frustrated that this is coming to light now. Right, and 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 I think the the fairest criticism from the board is they have relied on budget projections that seem over and over to be insufficient. And there have been some Cassandras on the board who've warned about this. I think I think Dean Compuris has been a skeptic about the revenue figures for a long time. Mark Stoley used to just want to blame it on the internet, but we got Amazon money a year ago and it just really didn't make a big difference. That 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 wasn't the problem. The problem is loss of retail and migration of retail, both. And uh that and 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 a static city and the other thing is as several people are pointing out where Little Rock has had population growth it's come in a, a low-income demographic sector, particularly Latino workers who've come here looking for for work in the trades and groundskeeping and masonry and carpentry and those sorts of things. By the way, welcome, amigos, having gone to my favorite tortilla stand last week uh, for lunch. But, but uh, they don't bring the kind of big dollars and big investment that that you get from a higher demographic person. And so, and so much of what we do, we think it's, I mean, we're not addressing, we're making worse the things that make this a city that people don't want to come to. That is with poor infrastructure and poor schools. And, and we somehow think we just give some money away to some Czechoslovakian, excuse me, Czech, arms maker that that'll make everything okay but not if all the workers there live in lono yeah okay well i'm sure we're going to keep talking about this for a while i'm I'm, don't imagine that it's going to get fully settled no no i I mean i as i say i mean i think right now we're just we're fiddling on the edges i mean there's some there's some political spectator sport and watching them bicker and watching the new mayor deal with entrenched politicians and seeing the fraught relationship that's already developed between some of them and the mayor uh but um the big picture is is the city needs to turn around with some big ideas and they haven't been forthcoming now the mayor today did hire charles blake out of the arkansas legislature his friend and and campaign advisor to be his chief of staff so maybe there's more to come okay uh well a bright spot and and city news uh the Art Center revealed that it has raised $118 million uh, toward building a new facility, or uh, not building, improving and building a new facility. Uh, that's $10 million short of its goal. Yeah, they still got to raise some money to meet what they think this project's going to cost. I, I think, well, you know, a lot of good people contributed a lot of money, and $86 million is a lot of money. Uh, Oh, right, because the city is putting up. Yeah, the city's putting up $31 million. Taxpayers, I thought the people who were paying the hamburger tax at McDonald's should have been invited to the fancy party at the Arts Center since they're the second biggest contributors to the money, beaten only by the Wingate Foundation through Robin Horn, who's been a longtime Arts Center supporter. You know, I well, I just want to resist saying nice as this is, it seemed to me there were some people with the ability to do more who didn't do more. But 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 that's you know that's that's so cheap and easy for somebody else who doesn't have the big money to say that the big money could have done more. But 
you know, but but I mean, we looked in Northwest Arkansas. Yeah, we. I mean, look at what the Waltons have done in, in Bentonville, and we don't have any Waltons here, but we have billionaires here, and and you know, and so, and they contributed, and and that's you know, it's. But Leslie said Peacock, who's covered this for us, said something to me that really struck me is that a full one sixth of the cost of this project, which they haven't raised it all yet, there's still ten million to be raised, is about rebuilding utility service. I mean. Talk about this is just like the money I just had to spend fixing the foundation of my house. It was really expensive, and boy, it was not very satisfying or sexy. You know, right. I mean, we had to do it. There wasn't an option. We had to keep the garage from falling down. But boy, yeah. I mean, so, the art center leaks right so now. One, so, and it's got a leaky roof, and so so much of this money is not really expansion of the footprint or adding new features. Certainly not buying artwork or anything and and i mean i hate to look a gift horse in the mouth and i'm not really doing that but i mean you you want to put you do want to put it in context so and so so there is that the other thing i want to say and and i'm not an architecture critic i'm just myself i'm I'm just i'm just i'm i'm every you know just like there were people who thought the clinton library looked like a mobile home i didn't i kind of liked it i kind of liked the 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 clinton library so shoot me I saw the the concept that we're going to do of this art center, and it looks like the Lake Charles, Louisiana airport that was built in 1960. Leslie looked up. There's a word for these angular roof line that it has. It's a broken plate design or something. It was something that was real popular in the 60s, and I just thought, what's the deal here? I just didn't do much. It just didn't do much for me, but maybe when completed, I'll have a different view of it. Well, surely it'll be. Do you big. like the design? I, I mean, really, I, I, I'm, 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 I hate to pick this up. But I mean, just that's just how I was struck by it. I yeah, guess. I've only seen one of the renderings, the front view, and I mean, it didn't make me excited. But the the current design is terrible, and it's so a, it's a problem, you know. And you got a side entrance, and it's yeah, and they're trying to address that. And so, it, they, I mean, they have that's the biggest problem is they had to deal with what they had to deal with. Right. You know, in a way, I look back when Mayor Joe Smith in North Little Rock was saying, I'll raise you $100 million, just build this thing from scratch. And nobody wanted to go to Dogtown and all that, and I get that. I'm not saying we should have gone to North Little Rock. But, you know, I think it's sometimes cheaper to build new than it is to build around an existing structure and, and cope with the, the the givens, you know. And so, But, I mean, this is all might have been's and could have been, could have, would have, should have's, and it's it's probably not good to talk about. But I just do want to add that this isn't any just my normal negative outlook. I mean, nobody has more negative outlook toward a family fortune than the Waltons than I do, but I love Crystal Bridges. I think it's a beautiful building, well executed. It's gorgeous. It's fabulous. It's a gift to the state and nation and... I mean, I like it, but I just I, this this design just didn't just look like the Lake Charles Airport to me. But the Lake Charles Airport got blown down by Rita, so. And how much money have the Waltons put into Crystal Bridges? Well, a few billion, I think. <laughs> I think so. So there is there is that. Well, let's talk about a story that you had today. The seventeen Pulaski County Circuit judges have objected to a plan by County Judge Barry Hyde to take control of juvenile court probation and intake officers. Well, Barry Hyde has decided there needs to be a 
a unified county probate juvenile probation service. I mean, they, we have the county has a hand in running the center out there, and and so he's he wanted us to take control. Well, he he drew up some legislation to accomplish this, but there was so much resistance to it. Will Bond didn't file it, but now he's trying to create a position of supervisor of the probation intake and probation officers. And the, the, the judges uh, are resisting it because, for good reason, the law. The law says these are state employees and that they work for the judges, not for the county judge. And the county judge is not a judge. The county judge is a chief administration officer of the county. Barry Hyde is, uh, oh, to put it kindly, a forceful personality. <laughs> he does not make friends. He does not play well with others, I think is another way to put it. And the judges, you know, I mean, they all have their egos too. But but the law is the law. I mean, it's part of the administration of the court. This is just a separation of powers issue. I don't think he can do it. But they're going to have a quorum court meeting next week on his ordinance. And furthermore, they've said that, you know, normally we don't take public comments at quorum court meetings. It all gets decided in the committees. He's more or less told the judges, I'm not sure you'll be allowed to speak about it. Van Smith, who's the chief administrative judge, has written a, a temperate letter. Van's a very temperate person about this, but but you know I, I don't I see this getting worse. And here's the deal: that this is a, an age old thing. County judges have to run courthouses in every county in Arkansas, and that includes some jobs that the counties have to pay for for the courts. In in, in Pulaski County, that's a law clerk and a uh, and a bailiff for for the for each court. And they just resent it. I mean, it just comes out of their money. And so they fight back in various ways. Don Venhouse, a county judge in Placid County 30 years ago, said he wasn't going to pay for the courts anymore, and he lost. Uh, the county clerk, Pat O'Brien, tried to do something about court records a few years back because he got tired of the cost. The judges said, that ain't the law. He lost. I think Barry High's going to lose on this one, too, for the same reason because it's, it's just the law. But... They have a real resistance to it, and just as soon as he gets away with taking over the probation officers, then he'll take away, try and take away the other officers. At least I think that's what the judges fear. But, but Barry Hyde, who, who didn't return my call today, but he says there's a study that says there are differences in treatment of kids, and sometimes probation is too long, and he could run a more efficient, read that fewer employees operation, and and serve the kids better. Uh, I mean, who knows? He may be right, but. I think there there needs to be a full discussion and any hope that he can just slam this down on the judges is not going to happen. If he does, I think some judge will issue an injunction and he can go to court. And unless I miss my guess, Arkansas Supreme Court will say, sorry, the law is the law. You can't take over the probation office. All right, well, let's leave it there and move on to endorsements. What do you have? Well, I think you already know, but uh, I, I went to Southwest Little Rock to eat at my favorite taco stand, ta- Taqueria Samantha, and the restocked tortillas at Brenda's Tortoria, which is a great place. But two things about my visit to Brenda's this week. Number one, they're making selling big bags of homemade chicharrones, fried pork rinds, and they're really world-class. And you can do, besides just eat them with something cold to drink, you can wrap them up in a burrito with some beans, do a lot of things with chicharrones. But the other thing I saw was I didn't dream of this. There was a guy in there in front of me, and he, rather than just taking one of their pre-bagged stacks of tortillas, which they make them, for, I mean, they're never more than an hour or two old anyway. But he got them to take them as they were coming hot 
oh, off the tortilla and alone and bagged them, wrapped them up in paper towels and sold them in a big stack of hot ones just right there, right that minute. And I thought, man, that's a guy who had the inside track. Wow. Yeah, they do. They have a lot. I've gone out there and got tortillas before, but they've, in the years since I first went out there, it seems like they've expanded their own Oh, drinks. they sell nopales. They sell Mexican cheese. They sell all the Mexican soft drinks. It's not a full-range grocery store. They sell pepitas, pumpkin seeds. They sell these seasoned fried corn kernels, and it's it's just it's just a great place. Uh, I'm going to endorse the NBA playoffs. I don't guess you're watching, are you? Is there a guy named Curry that plays basketball? Mm, too, in fact. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's just there's so many great storylines and just amazing athletes. This is it's my favorite sports time. Postseason NBA basketball is is just always so fun, and especially this year. I mean, not I love watching LeBron, but uh, he moved to the Lakers, and the Lakers were not good this year, so he's out of it. So that's one storyline that had been familiar that's gone. But on the East, you've got two new teams, uh, new uh, sort of emerging powerhouses, the Toronto Raptors, which are good because Kawhi Leonard is on their team now, and they've uh, put some other pieces around him, um, and he will just take over games. And then the Milwaukee, they're going to get some Milwaukee Bucks, who have the, the new kind of LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the, the Greek freak, um, who's just just an amazing athlete. He's like I don't know six ten two eighty five and can run a four four. And I, I will say thanks to Twitter, I see a lot of highlights. Yeah, that is an excellent and, development. And, and the athleticism is astonishing. Yeah, and then the West, you've got uh, a great um, guard um, guards going against each other with Steph Curry. And um, and Clay, uh, I'm blanking out what his last name is, but going against Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, and then Seth, Steph Curry's brother Seth plays on the Portland Trail Blazers. So you got brother brother dynamics. But yeah, it's on every night too, which is great. A lot of ball. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Subscribe via your favorite podcast app and we'll be back next time see you around